I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. <clears throat> You're listening to Guitar Nerds, so you best get your nerd on. But if you want a little more, well, we've got a Patreon. A place of such majestic wealth for any guitar player, where I can drink a pint of gin and talk about John Mayer. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. That's right. Get your nerd on. Welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branson, joined this week by Jay Cross. Hello. And Matt Knight. Hello there. And this week we're uh, we're pretty uh, light on um, new releases, uh, which is which is great news for us because it means we can dive headfirst into the cavernous maelstrom that is the uh, questions taken from both the Facebook group and our Instagram. And we're going to take a stab at some interesting questions about uh guitar building nationalism and uh and kick guitars <laughs> um <laughs> oh good yeah uh but but is um, this what saturday mornings do to you is this what this what you turn into when we make you get up early on a saturday uh, yes i make it like more of a sort of info wars style uh, uh podcast it's, uh, okay. it's gonna be Can't great we make yeah. it a little bit more like live and kicking oh one eight one eight one one eight one eight one andy peters up, 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 up. um was that live and kicking where they where they had that game where people phoned in they had to guide people through a maze by just saying up left right or down any oh, anyone who's that. not in their in their sort of early to mid thirties and English <laughs> isn't uh, <laughs> isn't going to have any idea what we're talking about Saturday morning um, TV that's Saturday what we're saying TV. I miss Saturday morning TV instead of Saturday morning podcasting with you chumps yes yes sorry yeah we are we are po- uh, podcasting early early this this week uh so the, hence why the news is late as we only we were we were uh, uh, the news is light because we were podcasting late last week so there's why uh, there's are we podcasting been... early i can't remember who can't i do... can't pod mon- monday Montag. right matt's fault matt knight's right. fault so Might this week is going to be this week is not going to be as interesting and it's all matty's fault 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, There's a whole weekend of news that we're missing out on. You never know what happens at the weekend. Uh, it, it is an incredibly light time of year. I've got a feeling that we're not going to miss out on on too much. But there have been some cool bits. But anyway, I mean, I mean, aside from the news and courtesy of uh, of ex uh, guitar nerd Mark Packham, uh, we've been spending a lot more time on reverb uh, than usual because uh, Mark's been. Absolutely flooding our Facebook group and uh, and also our, our WhatsApp chat, the Gitano's WhatsApp chat, with um, with some really interesting and cool listings. I'm, I'm actually really grateful for him uh, giving us insight into some cool things that we would... Um, I don't know. I think we should bring down the band hammer. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we should, ultimately. <laughs> but, I mean, last, last week um, we saw... The uh, and and ultimately purchased that flower dipped Gretsch Junior jet, uh, which of course we have now realized is an utter dog. Um, it's not it'll, look good in, it'll look good in videos, yeah. It will, yeah. It will look good in videos. It's all about yeah. what things look like, never about how practical they are or how well they play. As long as it I completely, completely agree, that's that's exactly what it's about. But we saw a couple of super cool things this week, uh, courtesy of Mark Packham. Um, the the first one, Matt, you got rather excited about. It was the PV Wiggy. The Wiggy. We have talked about it on the podcast before. The most have legendary. We? Yeah, I, we have. It's it's one of these has been on my radar for a long time, and mainly because we, it was designed by Dweezil Zappa, and I'm a massive uh, Frank Zappa fan. And it's an all solid state amp that uses PV's TransTube technology to output 100 watts of pure power. Um, but it looks like the dashboard from a 1950s Cadillac. So it's, yeah, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't put a beer on top of it because it's a, a sort of semi-circular it's, top. But yeah, it's like a domed um, cat. So yeah, flat base, obviously, like domed top with a bunch of dials that read things like oil, gas, miles per hour. Um, and then it has a five-band EQ where... It doesn't actually give you what they actually do. It just, when you push them up, it says more. And as you lower them, it says less. I it's the see. most ridiculous amp on the, in the, you know, just ever made. I think it's and, one of the best signatures ever made. And it what looks was, ridiculous. Uh, what, what, was, what was the nature of TransTube technology? Is, I, I don't know. I think it was just their, like, their take on uh, analog sounding tube emulation. Um, because I think the old PV Bandits had trans tube. I think it was something to do with the drive channel, if right. I remember rightly. Um, I wonder if Google, our friend Google, can bring up anything about... When when did the PV Wiggy come out? What sort of era is that? Because I, I really haven't seen these uh, ever. I want to say early 2000s. Right. I think. That, that sounds about right for the sort of... I'm pretty the sure it wasn't of transistor. A, yeah, I'm pretty sure it wasn't it might have been it might have been 90s. It might have been mid 90s. Um but I'm pretty sure from everything I've seen it's it's usually early 2000s. But yeah, it's worth checking out because of just it's ridiculous. And actually I remembered it's also got two indicator lights on it. And when you engage things like the boost, I think I think it's the boost and another function, the indicator lights flash on and off. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, it's it's quite a weird one. It's, they wouldn't be the first to sort of partner 
um, cars and and uh, and guitar gear no. together. Do you but remember I've there always... was a company that made a? Oh, I think it was like Bentley or some re- or Rolls Royce partnered with an amp manufacturer to make a po- a boutique car amplifier. It was about eight grand. I think they only made five, and I think one went to Slash. I remember seeing it on, I think World Guitars a number of years ago, and it was yeah, it was like it was about eight grand. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I we, we all obviously remember the, uh, the Lexus Paul. That was a that was uh, an interesting yeah, that's a recent one. Yeah, that was a recent one. Good one. And uh, do, do you remember, like a, a year ago or whenever it was when I went to Gitcon, there was a. Uh, there was a guitar brand that I spoke about for a while afterwards who made like a, a fold-up guitar in like a, a leather suitcase and stuff. They were yes, they were very very high-end um, weird guitars. They did um, they did a a guitar for uh, either a Lexus or a Mercedes catalog as well that was shaped. The body was shaped like the logo. I've always found it a weird. A weird thing to sort of uh, to to partner up. There's a there's another company actually. Um, uh, uh, Jay Joy. Have you ever heard of them? Jay Joy Guitars. No. Um, yeah, they make really cool. Um, uh, what was the uh, what was the Gretsch that was a solid body and it was it was kind of long and rectangular. What do they call that? Oh, the, the Billy Bow. Uh, the Billy, Billy Bow. So they do one of their models. They're, all their models are, are car <laughs> themes. They have very much a fifties Americana sort of theme to everything they make. But yeah, they they did uh, they did a guitar called the Bel Air, um, and all the all the rotary fresh? controls. Sorry, was it fresh? It, it was. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was. Yeah, I heard that Prince was thinking about using them. <laughs> um, but no, they were. They all the controls were things like gas. Uh, Oil. I, I, don't, I don't know specifically what they were, but that you know, instead of volume I, and tone. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen those because actually, bizarrely enough, I was showing someone the Billy Bow the other day, and I was like, I wonder if Stephen Stearns made some custom shop ones. Of course he has. Of course there's a pink one, and it's amazing. Oh wow! And I was like, I remember have we we had one in uh, when I worked at Gak, and I was like, it's such a rad guitar. It's so awesome that that Billy Bow. It's such a great body shape. Yeah, if I had the money, I definitely, I definitely buy one. It's definitely, it's definitely super cool, and I think a lot of those like fifties guitars, I guess, tend to be synonymous with with that sort of uh, American car kind of thing, just because there was a, a similar like concept aesthetic, I guess, between the 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 two. Totally, um, and I, and I think I think Joe, you were about to say you think it's a weird. Um, a weird partnership when guitar brands hook up with car brands. Yeah. But I actually think it makes complete sense because you, people get, excuse me, people, people get obsessed, maybe isn't the right word, but you know, people have their favorite guitar brand and people have their favorite car brand. It's, it's a very similar kind of, you know, guitars and guitars and cars by and larger kind of, you know, utilitarian, uh, things that people maybe not with guitars but you sort of need them to get around but there's a there's an awful lot of expression that you can have with different cars and different guitars yeah and i think that if you're into both of those things which i think is a pretty big crossover 
Um, I think that the three of us are probably in a minority in that, you know, we don't really care about cars. I mean, I'm the only one who can drive and I, you know, I've got, <laughs> I've got a Ford Fiesta that takes me to work and back. Like I don't really care too much. Um, but I think there is a lot of people out there who've got like, you know, they really do have an affinity for a certain type of car. And I think that, uh, you know, you've just got to think back to, you know, the fifties when well, it's Leo always Fen- the fifties, isn't it? Well, 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 Leo Fender was making yeah. the, the, the paints were the same, were Cadillac paints, you know, that's well, why I'm- it's Fiesta red. That's why it's, um, that's why, 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 why all those, co- why all those colors, colors exist, wh- where they came from. Yeah. And also, um, Eric Clapton's custom shop is, uh, in Mercedes, Mercedes blue, blue, which is, which weird, is the best actually, color. I know, but what's, what's mental. And I, I read this the other day that he is a, a lot of these like famous guitar players are actually like avid vintage car collectors. And, uh, I think it was Ferrari actually made him a custom one-off Eric Clapton signature Mercedes, um, Ferrari. What? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. I mean, that is mental, right? To be be at that level and just be like, look, we're just going to build you a one-off like Ferrari. You just think, that is crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's called the, oh yeah, that's it. It's called the SP12 EC. Oh, it was catchy. a concept. It was a uh, concept model that they made into a one-off thing for Eric Clapton. So there you go. That was always that my thing, though. It's like if I was rich enough, I would have gone to Fender Custom Shop, bought a Lamborghini, and then said, "Build me a custom shop that matches this car." And then when I open the boot, the the guitar comes out of the boot, and then it had a matching Blues Junior. It was also the same color as the car. I was like. That would be a ridiculous custom shop concept to have a matching uh, I'm going to level with you. Top. That's a pretty weird thing to, uh, to, well, to think it, about well, you know, quite they, that much. They, they made a nine-neck strat. I was like, it, I think it came from podcasts years ago when we were talking about that Japanese artist who has released something like 500 albums. And one of his albums came loaded into a Toyota and then that was the only copy, and it was hardwired into the CD drive, so you couldn't change it. And the only way to get a copy of that record was to buy the car. That's genius. That's genius. It's just like when you two upset everyone on Apple Music. Yeah, yeah, by loading it into a phone and not being able to delete it. Yeah, but I guess uh, I guess Dan Electro as well. They obviously have a car-inspired range of pedals in the in the in the Fab series, kind of in everything they do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, yeah. Like, like I say, I think it's just that that fifties Americana thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. You know, so they, one of the, they, uh... at the time they were the. I mean, that's why the telecast is called the tele. It was named after television. They're like the newest, greatest invention. Yeah, I guess so. Well, why aren't guitars named like that anymore? Why isn't there a guitar called uh, a Snapchat? <laughs> Well, I guess the I guess actually the the uh, modern day equivalent would be calling something like the eye guitar. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's 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 what it is. Really, is is yeah. Didn't Fender was... actually do that at one point? Sorry, didn't Fender do that at one point? Didn't they an make eye an eye strat? Yeah, USB. Yes. Was it called the eye strat? I, I can't remember what it was called, but I'm sure it had an eye in the name. Maybe it wasn't. I think IK Multimedia released a guitar that might have been called the iGuitar. Um, 
Yeah. Someone, someone like that. Someone like that. Yeah. I definitely anyway, one of the uh, one of the other cool listings that's been brought to our attention was not something that I was uh, aware of, but I was hoping Matt Knight maybe you'd be able to shed some light on it. Uh, the Roland Compu Rhythm. Ah, uh, the CR sixty eight seventy eight. The CR seventy eight is actually uh, this is the baby brother to the most famous the uh, CR seventy eight. The seventy eight. So the seventy eight is or was. Still is, is, I guess, it? if you buy a vintage one, the first ever programmable drum machine. Right. Um, and it's part of some of the most uh, famous beats of all time, including uh, In the Air. In the, I was going to say In the Air tonight, but that's not, the, that's not the track I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of that <laughs> Phil Collins song with uh, from the Dairy Milk advert where the gorilla plays the drums. <laughs> what song am I thinking? Is that In the Air tonight? Anyway, yeah. it's a famous Phil yeah, Collins yeah. song. Yeah, um, Heart of Glass by Blondie was also CR seventy eight, um, and the sixty eight is just a smaller, smaller version of that. But yeah, it's an all analog um, drum machine that's a little square box, basically a little square wooden wooden box with um, a bunch of different pre programmed rhythms in it that you can then add in some uh, extra notes or sounds. So you have things like slow rock, swing, foxtrot, tango. And they're originally designed as um, accompaniments to piano players for like music halls or, you know, someone would sit down and play an organ and they would just blast a tango beat on the old CR68 and then play keyboard along to it. What a cool piece of kit. I'd love to get one of those and and, uh, run it through a space echo. Yeah, I mean that's the great thing because they're so easy to they're so easy to use. I did see one secondhand last time I was in Japan, and if it wasn't too grand, I probably wouldn't have bought it. They, um, yeah, the sixty-eight are like the younger brother. Sixty-eight is much more reasonable. You can pick those up for around five hundred yeah, pounds, but the whereas yeah, it's a really expensive. Two and a half grand seems to be the the going price for those at the yeah. moment. But what but a wicked piece of gear! Definitely cool. Yeah, definitely cool. If you want a little little simple little drum machine, you can pick something up. I think there's various virtual versions of, of of those at some point but an early look into uh, early drum machines that people had to like play along to awesome yeah wicked so this week um i've been building pedal boards uh, a fair a fair amount so uh so last last week when we we podcasted that was um i just got back from tour from doing a, a little tour of the of the north of england with my band polymath and um I I actually ran into some trouble on the last show. Um, I was getting uh, a little bit of interference, a little bit of noise off of my board, and despite my um, uh, my three thousand uh, pound Ashdown uh, CTM three hundred head that I was using, and my custom built cabs, and my lovely range of bass guitars, and all my great pedals on the very nice board and decent power supply. I, and I've spoken about this on the podcast before because I don't like uh, making my own patch cables. Um, my board is actually put together via the free patch cables that are available in a big box at downstairs in the GAC warehouse that we send out with pedal orders <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad and, that you uh, just publicized uh publicized that that's well yeah well whatever <laughs> that's fine but yeah so um uh, i i've always been you know a a, a a bit of a non-believer in that but for the first time ever i was you know whilst it wasn't that anything was broken in particular it became apparent 
um, that it was certainly the patch cables causing causing the issue. So uh, so this week I've been a putting back together my pedal board using proper a proper. Uh, set of um, cut to measure patch cables, but also I have to uh, I have to play some guest guitar on uh, my on in my girlfriend Emma's band. Uh, she's she's got a, a show coming up, and she needs some atmospheric additional guitar in uh, in in her set. So she's tasked me with that. So this week, or specifically last night, I was putting together a board to try and to try and like a soundscapey board. And I wanted it to be small, but super soundscapey. And uh, I found, despite all the massive amount of pedals we've got here, I have completely accidentally managed to put together a board with no boutique brands on it. Good work. Yeah, I know. I feel really sort of lame and corporate, but I've gone for... What was that massive Boss volume pedal that they did? The FV50. Yeah, the ridiculously sized one. I've gone for one of those just because it's got a nice weight to it and it was the only one that I had that wasn't attached to a board. Um, the TC Electronics Sub and Up Mini, just because it's a great Octava that tracks really well. The Boss Angry Driver, because it might be the best sounding drive pedal I've ever heard. Um, and then for modulation, I'm using the TC Dimension C and the Tailspin. So they're two entry-level uh, pedals for chorus and vibrato. And then on the delay front, I've got the JHS Pink Panther and um, the Boss RE20. Oh, the RE20. Classic. But yeah, I keep forgetting I, about I it. I feel like I'm being a bit boring. Again. Like, <sighs> yeah. Oh, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing. That's, there's still nothing that sounds better than it. I mean, Jay will attest to that, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just staying out of it because people are bored of hearing my opinion on it. But it's, I, the, um, it's the greatest pedal of all time, as far as I'm concerned. I, the, I, the, Sorry, the, second sw- the second switch for just being able to oscillate out of control yeah. is... It's is, amazing. Yeah. It's so usable. I am um, actually on the talk of Space Echo. I'm going to raise this again. And maybe this is something for people in the Facebook group to mention. I'm never going to sell my Space Echo ever. I'm not going to make that mistake again. So do I get it refinished in pink and just have a pink Space Echo? <sighs> that That's going to affect I mean, it its resale. Look, yeah, but if you're never going to sell it, and you're just going to keep it forever. I mean, like, I think we're old enough and wise enough to know that you should never, ever sell that Space Echo again. Like, exactly. Under no circumstances should you sell it. So, well, um, Is there a better Space Echo you could get? No, well, no, I could just get more Space Echoes. Yeah, the question I guess is, so. it's not, not, is there a better one? It's like, have I... Well, actually, technically... I have all of them sitting behind me, apart from the uh, <laughs> apart from the five five five, which I kindly gave back to Jay. I could have kept hold of. Sorry, but... when you say you kindly gave back to Jay, <laughs> I kindly lent you out of the goodness of my heart. <laughs> you did, and I got it serviced for you. Have you plugged it in yet? Since here? yeah, I did, yeah, I have. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was playing. Awesome. It, I was playing it uh, just. Uh, this week, actually, on Monday, oh, nice. on Monday, I had I had Monday off, and I um, and I uh, borrowed an amp from work and was playing it through that, and it sounded absolutely amazing. And I've got that's right. This you were pairing up, weren't you? Pairing up your limited edition finished Princeton with the twelve inch speaker, your uh, pink Mustang, and yeah. the Space Echo, which is what what an what an incredible pairing. Uh, it sounded amazing, and I've got this Monday and Tuesday off work as well, so I'll probably be doing the oh, same thing. That that Princeton <laughs> is awesome. It's amazing that twelve-inch speaker. I mean, I don't want to go on about it again because we spoke about it a lot last yeah. week. But yeah, that twelve-inch speaker is just unbelievable. 
Yeah, it's it's nice. absolutely fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we should uh, dive headfirst into a big barrel of news. Here's the jingle. News. Yeah, I'm going to have to make more of those. Um, so uh, the news this week, as I said, it's pretty light, but we're going to kick things off with Jay Cross talking about the Nutter Astro. Nutter Guitars, they're a brand that you two uh, met at at SNAM this year. Is that you right? Too. You too? Uh, you, you and Matt. You, oh, right. Okay. Not no, Bono no, and the Edge. Not Bono and the Edge. I mean, they might have been there. I didn't see him. But, um, so, yeah, Nutter Guitars. We met um, Brian Nutter. Uh, as we were walking around um, on the first day. And it was actually his um, Ensign that really caught our eye. Uh, and that was of, the, the mini guitar, is that right? Uh, it's not a mini guitar, no. it's. Um, I think it might be slightly shorter scale. Um, just bringing up the specs now, because I, I, I will be honest, I can't quite remember. Um, in fact, the the website is dreadful. Uh, I really hope he sorts it out because the website is very, very bad. Uh, oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, it's 22 and three quarter inch scale. So it's it's quite short scale. Um, but he had one there in, in pink, obviously, which is what which was what drove us towards it. Um, but yeah, the um, the Astro is a very, very cool looking guitar. It is um, that kind of trend the line between that retro futuristic look. Um, three... Uh, sort of Gretchy looking, Diamondy looking humbuckers, uh, and um, a Bigsby, which you know people know my thoughts on on just boshing a Bigsby on stuff for the sake of it, but that's but that's fine. Um, and uh, yeah, it's oh, in fact actually these are their own humbuckers, Rocket Booster Five, which is a great name for a pickup, if you ask me. Yeah, and, it's a great uh, name for a pickup. And um, yeah, they look. It looks really, really cool. That that I'm really into how there seems to be a bit of a resurgence of this kind of like retro futuristic um, style of guitars. Well, there's but, kind of an Albert Lee look. thing to it. What's that? Sorry, there's a bit of an Albert Lee element to. to yeah, this I guess guitar. I guess there's a bit of that going on. I mean, I'm getting some like the Pinto vibes. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, maybe like sort of early Woolworths type, um, style guitars, sixties style guitars, but it's, it's obviously, uh, it's mahogany. I think it, you know, it's not, uh, it's not a, a plastic guitar or anything. It, it looks fantastic. And they've certainly gone for those 60 style controls. There's an individual, uh, switch for each, each humbucker as well, right next to it. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty cool. That's pretty old school. That's sort of like 60s idea of shoving on as many controls as you possibly could. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I, ju I just think it's great. I think it's a uh, a very, very cool, um, a, a very cool brand. And I hope that he, you know, starts to starts to get a bit of a uh, bit of recognition because it's, um, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on. And he's doing it all, if I remember correctly. He's he's doing everything himself. Yeah. He's you know, and and the, the guitars really weren't the huge money. I mean, this is saying uh, it's quite the, a price the, tag on this one, isn't it? This this one is, yeah. This one I think this new, is his like top level model, I think. Yeah, this one's this one's three grand, three USD. Um, but like the Ensign, which is the one that we saw at NAM, is uh eleven $1 hundred dollars. 
Um, and you know, yeah, it's it's kind of a I guess a stripped back spec, but that's what that's what I mean. That's what we're into. Um, and yeah, I, I just still everything that I saw of his was absolutely fantastic, except for the website, which is dreadful. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you know what this reminds me of a little bit? Do you remember Fret King did a, a, a similar sort of shaped model? Do you remember Fret yes. King? I yeah, haven't thought course, yeah. about. I, I haven't thought about Fret King for years, but they, they made some fantastic stuff. I think you, you can get they they they're like Wilkinson guitars, right? So they were all Wilkinson parts, if I remember rightly. Um, like all the hardware on those was was killer. Yeah, yeah, they were wicked. Um, just um, just looking on the not a website here, it looks like as well as um, as as well as the uh, God, this is really not not great. Um, as well as the uh, the 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 Nutter, sorry, as well as the Astro Standard or Custom, there's also a stripped back version which is a bit cheaper. Um, but yeah, just honestly trying to negotiate this website is proving very difficult. Um, so there's, let me just. Okay, so the the top end one is the captain, and there's a cheaper one which is the commander, which <clears throat> excuse me only has two pickups, uh, doesn't have quite so many pickups switching options, and doesn't have a Bigsby, um, so is is a bit more of a uh, just a bit more of a sort of rock and roll guitar, I guess. Um, all nitro finish, yeah, looks great, really, really great. Really yeah. great. Definitely, definitely recommend people check out Nutter guitars. There's some cool yeah, stuff if you're into cool there. retro stuff, I think Nutter are, Nutter are a pretty, pretty swag. Matt, Full Tone, Full Tone have released a new pedal. They have Full Tone, one of the earliest in the boutique boom, I guess. Um, they've been making pedals since. Well, I think I say they've been making pedals since 1996, which doesn't sound that long ago, but actually, unfortunately, it was quite a long time ago now. Um, and they have had the Super Trem for quite a long time, which is an amazing sounding trem, really natural. The problem is it's in a massive box that takes up so much uh, pedal board space in today's you know, real estate um, wars where you have to try and fit as much onto a pedal board as possible. It was a huge rectangular thing, wasn't it? Like a yeah. sideways rectangular, I think. Almost. It was like, um, it's like the first time you saw a big box electroharmonics pedal and you opened it up and realized the circuit board's about the size of a 50 pence piece um <laughs> and that there was no need for it to be in a box quite that size um sort of almost the same with the super trem uh so they have finally come up with the super trem junior um which is a really cool looking um small box trem on off tap tempo control which i absolutely love um, which is always really handy for uh, for tremolo. Um, it goes a slow, and this is crazy, a full cycle, as slow as 10 seconds. Wow. Um, and the fastest speeds hit 220 BPM. So it goes, it goes, uh, it goes pretty quick. There's I'm not sure why you'd ever need it that slow. Why? Why not? You know, yeah. you never know Good what point. you might want to use it. Um, the one cool thing, obviously, apart from the onboard tap tempo, and there's an external um, tap jack as well, uh, true bypass switching. There's also a half or double speed hold feature, which I think works on either the tap tempo or the on-off. But the one great feature, which I think more trems need to have, is the option of a boost. So this has a 15 dB boost in there. And that's mainly because... A lot of the times when you turn on a trem, you get a perceived volume drop because obviously a tremolo is going up and down in volume. So it always feels like 
your guitar signal takes a bit of a hit. So by adding that boost on there, by adding that kind of level jump, uh, when you get the trem on, you get a much uh, sort of fatter and fuller attack when you switch the effect on. Uh, it's a JFET preamp, which is really nice, and it's proper photocell trem. So it's a that's a really cool addition to their to their lineup. And people who have heard or know about the Super Trem obviously know how how good it is. But the problem is, it's always taken up too much pedalboard space this one yeah. is only um like f four inches by four inches um and, oh, and runs on 18 volts uh for that extra um bit of headroom that's cool i've always been impressed with full tone how they are a brand that definitely focus on the way their pedals sound and spend virtually no time on on how their pedals look and whilst i love a good bit of screen printing as much as the next person um, there, there's something to be said for for brands like like Full Tone, like I guess Carl Martin, yeah. people like that who are just uh, are just there to make their pedals sound and really good. I mean, the thing is with Full Tone is they make some of my favourite uh, effects ever. Obviously, they make the tube tape echo, uh, which is an absolutely actual... unbelievable. Yeah, and I mean their solid state one. I think they're eight nine nine. It's not tons of money for a a proper, you know tape echo and they make one that's actually got tubes in it i think it's about 14.99 but they also make that 80s rack chorus which is a 1200 pound fully analog stereo rack chorus that uh, sounds like you in a uh, piece of rack gear yeah and i i have heard it and it does sound absolutely amazing yeah i mean they they obviously also make the ocd which is one of the the best sounding drive pedals available on the market yeah i mean and that's been in constant production for about 20 years we, um, we actually didn't mention it uh on the news because it wasn't that much of a big deal but um they have released a new limited edition black version of the ocd um hmm. it, uh, which i believe is an exclusive to chicago music exchange right yeah yeah that's right that's right but super cool what a great pedal yeah um, ISP Technologies. Um, now, we, what, do, what is it that ISP make, Jay? They made something that was popular. The what Decimator. The Decimator. What was that? It's an, uh, a noise, uh, gate. noise gate, yeah, like right. a hum eliminator. Right, I see. Well, anyway, ISP have just brought to the table their new Vector FS8, which is a, uh, a guitar cabinet come floor monitor and uh, it is a new addition to this uh, this craze at the moment for fr fr speakers for guitar so a tilted um you know very uh, functional looking very functional looking. Watt, yeah 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 175 watt uh fr fr speaker designed for guitarists use in conjunction with their helix their head rush their axe effects whatever it is that they're uh, plugging into but it's interesting i think whilst this sounds like quite a uh, a boring piece of news in that it's a you know it's it's essentially a, a pa speaker for guitarists it doesn't look especially when it's not from a brand that we would necessarily talk about otherwise i do think it's really interesting that we're starting to see these type of monitor-based frfr speakers uh coming out from brands that are not uh that don't have a horse in the race uh when it comes to uh, you know, with a, a multi-effects uh, multi amp modeler sort of thing. I understand when Headrush and Helix both both bring their uh, um, their cabinets to the table because they need something to run in conjunction to their to their pedal boards. But when you see other brands start to try and take a piece of this pie, you realise how much this really is taking off and how much the guitar world is changing 
when uh, when people are bringing out FRFR speakers for guitarists. So I, I think this is sticking, guys. I think uh, it, I think this is potentially the start of the end for. Uh, uh, for for individual stomp boxes and and amplifiers. Well, actually, the, the, uh, one thing I I read this a few times and then I was like, I'm not really sure, you know, what sort of how special this is. But then I actually I I reread it again and was like, oh, you can actually like flip a switch and then it just becomes a normal guitar cab. So oh, really? it, you yeah. So it's got a. Um, it's dual use, providing amazing time for players using a digital guitar processor that incorporates a speaker sim out, or with the flip of a switch, the FS8 becomes a guitar cabinet for players who prefer using a pedal board or guitar preamp. Oh, right. so, well, how about that? Um, in guitar mode, you can connect the uh, yeah the output of your favourite pedal board or preamp directly into the FS8 for better tone than using a standard 4x12. And then you can still mic it up and send it to front of the house. So I guess it's not only a an FRFR, it's more of a, I guess, an option for people. Say, for example, if you built a pedal board and you put like one of those... Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Put preamps on it. You could go into this in cabinet mode because it's got, a, I guess it's got a power amp built into it, which is why that's where the cabinet mode and just plugging a preamp directly into it comes into play. And then you've got a monitor for stage. You don't necessarily need a 4 by 12 behind you. And then you can mic it up and still send it to front of house. But you've always got the best angle and the best sound as a, as a monitor. Because I guess a lot of people, you know, you never know what sort of PA system you're going to get when you go to a venue, really. Yeah, that's true. You never know what the monitoring is going to be like. I mean, I do think that's a problem that affects guitarists a lot less than other musicians. Like, uh, you know, I think bass players and drummers can really suffer from a, you know, a bad set. Yeah, of floor but guitar monitors. players like to hear themselves. That that is true. <laughs> that is, uh... we, we, you know, we love the sound of our own instrument. That's the thing, isn't it? It's like, oh, just you know, keep cranking up the guitar. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I haven't played a gig for about seven years, but I'd probably <laughs> be like that if I did. Yeah, I'm I, the I mean, actually, whenever I play, I always want to hear the guitar more than the bass. Because yeah. like, I'm the one playing the bass, so I know what the bass. I know that I know what I'm playing. I just <laughs> want to make sure that I'm playing in time with everyone else. I know I'm playing the root notes. I just, I just well, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I, I, I can feel for that. I'm, I'm actually similar. I, I never have anything in my monitors at the front, I'm mainly because I'm running around a lot. But, but yeah, it, 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 there's no need. No need. Yeah. I just, yeah, for my monitor mix, it's always uh, I want to be able to hear um, the uh, the guitars and the uh, Dan Grace's vocals because me and Dan do quite a bit of, uh, well, you know, I, I maybe Bands. wouldn't use the word harmonising, but... Uh, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's use that word loosely, it's fine. Very, very loosely. So I just need to make sure that, um, you know, obviously whatever Dan is doing is correct, so I just need to make sure that I'm, I, I haven't messed up, so... <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, nev- I never really have much bass in my, in my, in my monitor mix, just because, like, I know what I'm playing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I I, yeah, that's kind of the way I feel about it. Um, yeah, I, I've I've never been that bothered about mono mixes, honestly. Maybe it's because I'm, you know, whenever I'm playing, it's it will be like twenty five minutes max, and it's well, I mean, how badly wrong can it really go? But I've I've never been that precious about it. Like if if they're there, then great. But I think I just grew up playing so many shows without monitors that it just you know you're playing in. in small crap punk venues yeah that it's like that i just grew up without them and it just it's yeah. sort of it's yeah. just kind of always been a luxury for me yeah i i actually i i almost find sometimes when you play the when i play sort of the bigger venues and they're quite good at it i find it a little off-putting if i can hear myself too much i can hear I always the mistakes I always think it's it's weird when I play a venue and there's a uh, front of house technician and a monitor technician. I'm just like crazy. Like I can't believe people get that precious about it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'd, I'd have like a space echo technician that would just yeah. be there to monitor the amount of space echo that constantly goes through the monitors. It's like it's yeah. not enough. There's not enough repeats coming through these monitors. They crank up that intensity. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I haven't played a gig for so long. I can't even remember what it's like to sound check. So <laughs> <laughs> the ungiggable rig really did its job, I think. Jay Cross, a man whose weight has fluctuated more than uh, most guitarists ever Jeez. will in an entire lifetime. <laughs> Are you talking about me? No, not you. Bernie Marsden. <laughs> Bernie be, Marsden. I'm not really into that intro, but I suppose no. there we go. Bernie, Bernie Marsden. So um, the, there is a new-ish... PRS, uh, which is the Bernie Marsden uh, signature model. Well, the Bernie, the Bernie Marsden when it came, when it first came out, what four, five years ago? Well, I think it was. Lo- I think it was longer than I that. Remember it was really? coming out when I was at Gak. I'm sure. Yeah, it definitely sure. came. Definitely right. came out of Gak. I reckon it came out maybe 2012 or okay. 2011 originally. So, okay. and, but it was, it was it was it was an SE. It's a it PRS SE. SE. It came and out it, it, at the same sort sold of time out. as. Gone. It sold out before any of us could get uh, get our hands on them. It was it it was one of the most popular PRS releases the year that it came out. What last year? No, the 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 first run, the first run. No, the, no, not at all. No, we had we had loads in the shop. I don't think we? the first well, ones that, were it limited was, run. Right. Okay. So I, I see. Set. I keep reading that. I keep saying. I keep seeing like, oh yeah, you know, they were super limited. But I don't remember them being super limited. I I seem to remember us having loads of them. Maybe they were limited because Gak bought them all. I don't know. But um, yeah, certainly also, within think... the in the in the last like year or two, they've done another run, and those were really limited right. and okay. really hard to get hold of. Well, anyway, they have released another three hundred of these. So I mean, it, it seems like a, a weird a weird thing to do if you're re-releasing something that was super popular but only doing a really small number of them but you know i suppose we are where we are 
it's um it, i always really like this guitar uh i thought that when these came out they came out as part of the 245 um series which as i say i'm, I'm sure was 2012 or something um and i always thought that this was the standout model um probably because it's the most like a, a les paul really so obviously bernie marston um at one point was one of the owners of the Peter Green Les Paul, um, which the Peter Green Gary Moore Les Paul, uh, which is now owned by uh, uh, Kirk Hammett. And um, his original signature model was uh, a kind of uh, SE version of I, that guitar. Jay, can I, sorry, can I just correct you? It wasn't Peter Green's one. He just had a 59, um, he, which no, he called Bernie, the Beast. Bernie yeah, Marsden, Bernie Marsden bought. He ended up with that with that Peter Green Les Paul. I'm no, sure he did. No, he didn't. Really? It, no, his one was the Beast, which Gibson actually made into a collector's choice. Um, yeah, I think that was just his. That was the Beast was number eight, which I remember being one of the the better ones out of all of it. He bought it in. I'm just having a quick look. He bought that guitar in 1974. Uh, and he used it ever since. At the point in 1974, obviously, the guitar was only 15 years old, so everyone thought it was an absolute heap of junk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I can buy this 70 Strat. It weighs about 20 pounds. It's absolutely fine. Why do I want that? Let's pull. Yeah, no, the Beast was his... Um, the Beast was his own guitar. It wasn't one of the... I, I knew about that one, but I was sure that he had... I was no, sure Gary that Gary that... Moore had the Peter Green one... Got that one from Peter Green. He owned that until obviously his his passing. So no, he didn't. He sold well, it he, before that. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, was... he he still had. Sorry, he had two fifty nines, and he sold one, which went to um that went to did it go to it, uh, it went well, oh, I... it went to that it went to that famous collector um who did the collector's choice, which was collector's choice number one. Yeah. Um, which they did two versions. They did a NOS version and a Radic version. The NOS version was the something-something collector's Les Paul, and then they they had to legally do the Radic one, was had to be called the Gary Moore. And then that was collector's choice number one. And then he sold it, and it went into... It went into, like, Phil, Phil Harris from Harris Guitars had that guitar for a bit. He was like the custodian of it. And then when the collector sold it, he sold it to, to Kirk Hammett. Kirk Hammett. I was sure that somewhere down the line it ended up in Bernie Marston's hands, but obviously that's not the case. Uh, no, yeah, no. The 59 there. he's owned for a long time. He's had since 74, but he doesn't really play it anymore, but he does well, regularly Well, of course get, not. It's worth it, like a million quid. Well, actually, <laughs> it does still get regular um, gigs from Joe Bonamassa. A lot of the times when he's still in the UK, he still plays, he plays Bernie Marston's... Uh, oh, right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, there we go. I suppose if you've, uh, you know, Joe Bonamassa's probably stumping up the insurance money for it. So, uh, what, what are you talking about? He's, uh, he's, he's not, he's not very well off. He's a poor man. He plays blues rock. He's taking yes. about poverty, <laughs> of course. Matt um, Knight, Roland have uh, have doubled up recently with popular shoe brand Puma. Yes, um, I assume this is to create the the first collaboration, which is uh, which is a trainer and also a stomp box. I mean. 
that would be amazing. Obviously, I know someone did the didn't was it no? It's Converse did the yeah. wash shoes, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, no, these are a limited edition. I won't go into because I'm sure not. Well, I don't know. There might be some speaker, um, sneaker collectors out there. I know it's a big thing right now. It's ridiculous money for some shoes, but yeah, we we've done a collaboration with uh, Puma uh, to do some 808 inspired um, shoes which are extremely limited edition. So if you're into Roland and you're into Roland merch, uh, like I am, then I would definitely get a pair. Uh, yeah, 80s-inspired retro Pumas um, in collaboration with the 808 drum machine. So one is uh, orange, yellow, red, black, and white. And then one is sort of black and white with the 808 colours on the side and the 808 colours on the uh, sole... Um, design as well there's been so much boss uh merch for their drum machines recently was it the 808 that had the turntable made for it um no because obviously we do and we have a we make dj gear as well um but 808 is obviously one of the most legendary drum machines of all time and we are coming up to 808 day um yes August 8th, yeah. Yeah, and I got uh, my limited 808 boutique bag the other day, which is quite cool. So, oh, so cool. Anyway. I, was, uh, I was watching, there's a series on Netflix uh, at the moment called Hip Hop Evolution, um, which is really, really worth a watch if you uh, are interested in that um, side of things. I've only seen the first couple of episodes, but um, they talk actually a, a little bit about the 808, um, and uh, the, uh, how um, it was uh, Africa Babata who was the the first uh, they they reckoned the first ever uh, it was his record Planet Rock yeah which was the the first record that had the uh, the eight oh eight on it um, and uh, yeah really 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 interesting the the, the documentary is fantastic actually there's there's a bit where uh, Africa Babata is being interviewed just like in his old neighbourhood. And um, the the interviewer keeps getting interrupted by people just walking up to him, being like, "Bam, bam, my man, thank you so much." You're the yeah, like, just like people just keep coming up to him, like he can't <laughs> do the interview because the, he is so loved in uh, in in like the area that he grew up in in uh, in the Bronx, Amazing. and it's just yeah, it, it's so it's so so cool. But yeah, it's, it's a really interesting story, and um, like African Bambata was like he basically like drew to a close uh like a, a a period of like really intense gang violence in uh in the bronx uh basically by um getting warring factions to sort of put aside their musical differences and being like listen we're all into this new music that's hip-hop let's just like all just like make it together rather than like killing each other how does that sound and everyone's like oh actually that's a really really good idea and uh, and then after that, like there was like a, a kind of a, a, a bit of uh, yeah, just a, a whole coming together, and and hip hop wouldn't have evolved in the way that it did without Africa Bambata and his drive to use these new technologies. Um, wow. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's really really cool. But yeah, he he's all about the eight oh eight. So yeah, I definitely recommend checking out. Sorry, just a just a, a quick tangent. I definitely recommend checking out that documentary series. Cool. It's really good. Questions. Anyway, this week, as with every week, um, 
well, actually not with every week. I don't think since I've hosted, we've pretty much done no questions on this podcast, but we're going to do some questions. So all the questions are provided unwittingly by the contributors to the Guitar Nerds Facebook forum. Uh, you Unwittingly, can get involved. did you say? Yes, I did. Well, they right. don't know that I'm going to take their questions off. Of. They're just genuinely asking for advice, and I am usurping uh, <clears> that, <throat> that content from, uh, from the, the Facebook page and then uh, recycling it as original content for this podcast. And you can get involved in that too. Um, ask questions that we'll answer on the weekly podcast. Just head over to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash guitar nerds forum mark kadawaki says the sublime tomcat is a very cool guitar are there any other similar non-gibson slash epiphone uh les paul slab p90 tv yellow guitars on the market <laughs> i love how specific that was yeah <laughs> it's like pirate memory games all over again um <laughs> for anyone i guess we should say for anyone who maybe didn't listen to the podcast when we're talking about summer nam sublime was one of the brands that we kind of raved about because we looked at them and went wow these guitars are amazing they must be about two and a half thousand pounds and then they were actually 899 pounds yeah they now their their range does go the whole way up they do do stuff for around uh the 2000 pound mark but the tomcat standard which i think is the is the one being referred to here i mean it's it's kind of to be honest it's not really a les paul junior it's it, it's a telecaster with with two p90s which is uh, I mean, yeah it's like a telecaster deluxe scratch plate with P90s, although the bridge humbucker doesn't look, the bridge pickup doesn't look like a P90. Uh, but it's slab it's, body, bolt on, roasted flame maple neck. This is a great a, looking guitar. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic looking guitar. I think this does depend what you're looking at. The Tomcat standard is 100% a pair of P90s because it's the same pickup uh, neck, uh, yes. neck and bridge. I just realised I'm looking um, at the deluxe. Yeah, uh, the, so the Tomcat stand, standard is the most affordable one. And I was unsure as to... Um, uh, what direction to take Mark's question in because it was like, well, if, if I was going to suggest non-Gibson Les Paul-style guitars, I, I wouldn't be suggesting a Tomcat anyway because this isn't that. This is a Telecaster. So if he wants similar similar guitars... So we can answer this in one of two ways, guys. We can either suggest similar sort of Telecaster options or similar Les Paul options. I would assume because he's asked for a Les Paul-type thing... We should we should move in that direction. Once that kind of single cut type design. Yeah. Well, yeah. how about here's a here's a first suggestion for you. How about the Reverend Flat Rock, which <coughs> looks almost identical um, in that kind of sense, slab body. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's inevitable if we if we're going to talk about guitars that are, um, you know, that that are similar. Then we, we we were obviously going to come on to to the um to this to the uh, to the to reverend the, the reverend. It's well, not a slab. Bo- it's not a slab body though. There's a there's a contour there. Uh, uh is it topped? Is it? Yeah. Is it yeah, yeah. It's got it's got a little arm curve. That's I still think that's not the end of the world. Although you the can have a slab body and then obviously it be it can still be a slab of wood then contoured can't it right, unless no. you want it completely like non-contoured body as well like in terms of the uh the well i guess you yeah like the arm cut the the kind of rib cage cut i guess yeah, yeah. um but i just re- i was just actually just on the side note, i was on the, just went on their website to have a look and i can't believe how many guitars they actually make oh, it's, it's bananas isn't it there's like, so many different models many guitars now uh, and the amount of signature guitars they make yeah, this yeah. is this is our this is now our bi-weekly Reverend plug where we uh, go into the Reverend 
ギターフレイブレンズ。ギターフレイブレンズ。ギターフレイブレンズ。ギターフレイブレンズ。ギターフレイブレンズ。ギターフレイブレンズ。ギターフレイブレンズ。ギターフレイブレンズ。ギターフ
if you want to get, uh, if, if you for one reason or another feel like you need a neck pickup, I don't really understand, but you know, whatever. Um, um, no, neck pickup all the way. Who wants a bridge? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, the GS2s aren't, aren't too much more. So I, I, I just think Gordon Smith is just, they're just such a great, such a great company. Uh, make fantastic guitars. Absolutely. Oh, on the super budget end of, uh, of the spectrum, uh, to counter that, I think we, we spoke about it uh, a little bit recently, the Court Sunset TC, yeah, uh, which is their sort of um, Telecaster come Les Paul Jr. hybrid uh, guitar, which is, you know, super affordable. I think it's less than £400 and like, just really, really looks the part. It's relict. You've got a P90 in the neck, Telecaster bridge and Telecaster uh, in pickup, brass saddles, everything about it's cool. Super cool guitar for not a lot of dosh. Yeah, yeah. Andy Morris. Actually, uh, we're going to we're going to because that is quite a lengthy question, and we have natted on longer than I thought we were we were going to. Um, okay, so Steve Haynes says if you had to buy uh, a kit uh, from kitbuiltguitars.co.uk, what kit would you get, and uh, and what would you do affordably to make it awesome, uh, Matt Knight? Uh, it's a tricky one. I mean, I, funny, you, we were just talking about those GS1s because they actually do a double-cut Les Paul Jr. with a mahogany body, and it's $94.99. I'm like, actually, it's a little project. I think that's quite a cool cool one. I think the only thing with these kit builds is their guitars are like, uh, I mean, I'm just delving a little bit more into the website, but I think they're all unfinished, um, yeah. which is obviously how they keep the, the cost down. Um, but it's a good start because so many times, and I think we've talked about it before, doing something like a Warmoth build, you end up spending as much money as you would getting someone to build the guitar for you professionally. Um, and then it's absolutely worthless by the time it's finished. <laughs> so doing something like this where you can have a um, bolt on like Les Paul Jr. for $94.99. That's actually, that's actually not bad. And I think that's one of the... I would always go for like a more stripped back model because they do a 335 with like a budget Bixby for 150 quid. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it's I a, don't know. A I, think you could, I feel like you could do more with the... Les Paul Jr. maybe, but then again, it's a wraparound bridge, so you're kind of limited at that point. Um, I'd be is the the three three five has to be bolt on, right? So I, I'd be really concerned about 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 that about getting a, a bolt on three three five. I don't think there's any way you can make that not rubbish. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the um, maybe the flying V would be a good one. The flying I was going to say the flying V. I think that's the one that I'd go for. I think that um, I'd struggle to buy. I'd struggle to to be able to justify buying a proper three three five at any point. But um, I do think they look amazing, and I ju I just think if you could, it's a sort and it's the sort of thing that for a hundred quid, if I you know had a week off or whatever and a bit of time and a spare you know a bit of money knocking about, I could see myself buying one of these. And doing it up in pink, and then just like having it on the wall, um, yeah. I think I think it would look really really cool because it's just it, I've always loved the look of the three three five, but I I don't think I'd ever be able to pull it. Sorry, I've always loved the look of the flying V, but I don't think I'd ever be able to pull it off. Um, also three three five as it happens, but you know I I I don't think I'd be able to get away with playing it live and not looking like a complete dingo. So <laughs> I uh, I think just having it, but I, I, I do think they look amazing. So yeah, I think, I think I'd do that. I think I'd get one of these 
I think the Flying V is not a bad car. It's one of the only ones where you don't have to do any sanding on the on the headstock or any reshaping, should I say, on the, on the headstock, uh, because it's already it's already shaped to a point. A lot of the Telecaster and Stretch Star ones come with a big paddle headstock, so you're going to need to shape that in some way. Yeah, yeah, that's um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not really into that. <laughs> Although I would say for sort of no, because you know, realistically, like. Um, the, the what draws me to the Les Paul Junior is it's a single pickup thing. It's it's so easily moddable and affordable to mod. So you could you know you could pop one sort of good P ninety um, or, or or humbucker straight into the neck. Finish that up in you could there are you know why not get one of those wipe on um, uh, wood stain finishes in like a a pink for that and the, and realistically that's going to cost you thirty quid because I think. This is the thing. If you're going to get one of these and get it finished for for a refin, what you're looking at another two hundred pounds, something like that, to to get it refinned. Um, if if you if you do it with a nice stain, you can still get some cool colours. And uh, I can't. I wish I could remember the name of the company right now. But there's a there is a company that specialise in um, uh, in uh, wipe on wood grain finishes for guitars. They're called something like wood and stain. <laughs> But it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but seriously, you can get you can get one of their packs for for thirty pounds, and you can do that at home. And then for the sake of spending, I don't know, sixty pounds on a on a decent on a decent pickup for the guitar. Maybe you know, yeah. I'm sure for the sort of project this would be that the hardware that comes with it would be would be fine because you know there's not much to a wraparound bridge. I think with some of the other things, some of the other instruments on here. You really you you would want to upgrade the hardware if you were if you were trying to make oh totally and like you'd need to you'd player. need to get some better pickups and uh you know you you're probably going to need to do a fair amount to these that that's why I don't think I'd ever actually you know play it live but I think as a as a as a like a nice piece of art to have knocking about on the knocking about I think it'd be it would be cool but um yeah I mean. Who knows what these uh, for? A, I mean, a hundred and nine quid. I mean, you can barely get, you can barely buy a decent set of pickups for a hundred and nine quid, yeah. <laughs> and and they're doing it alongside everything else. Like, I mean, goodness knows what they're going to sound like. I mean, who who knows? Maybe maybe we're selling it short, but um, I somewhat doubt it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to do one last question very quickly before we wrap this up. Wes Spence says, "I'm looking for the perfect guitar for punk rock." Uh, which is a reasonable question. He then follows it up with one of the most unreasonable statements I've ever read. <laughs> I've been thinking about the Dean Dave Mustaine Zero Punk signature guitar. What else should I be looking at? Now, I think uh, that there, there is a potential here that the Dean Dave Mustaine Zero Punk is called the Zero Punk because it's not punk at all. Uh, the uh, the Zero Punk uh, Dave Mustaine is a, I think it's a... Um, it's an Explorer body shape with a with a, a single humbucker in the bridge, and that might be the only punk rock thing about it. Of course, the single humbucker in a bridge is a is a popular standard of models like the Tom DeLonge um, Strat and three three three. Jay Cross, this is a perfect question for you to wrap up relatively quickly. If you were looking for the ultimate punk rock guitar, what sort of thing would you be looking for? I reckon I have been to about. A thousand gigs, and I reckon that means I have seen probably about three and a half thousand bands and like punk bands. 
and I can't think of a single time I've ever seen a punk band play Dean. Uh, and I can think of a handful of occasions when I've seen a punk band play a 335, uh, uh, I keep saying 335, an Explorer. So I'm not really sure where, where this guitar has come from. I've never heard of it before or anything. But um, yeah, it's it, I don't really know why it's called a zero punk. I mean, you know, whatever punk rock is about, doing what you want, I guess. But I'm not really sure that this is, uh, this is all that. But um, a Telecaster for me, I mean, if you if you're talking about sort of the i would say the guitar that i see most regularly played by punk bands is a telecaster um you see a lot of, you see a lot of les pauls um increasingly there's a lot of jazz masters and jaguars uh but far and away the most popular guitar that i see bands play is is, is telecasters and that is because they are the best guitars in the entire world really would you would you say that punk rock then has moved away from the sort of humbucker in the bridge format um i i guess it really depends it really depends i mean it's such a like punk is such a broad genre um that it's you know it's it's not quite as simple as just saying like well this is this is the punk rock um the punk rock sound but i, I definitely uh telecasters are more popular than 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 les pauls um so and i just i just think that 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 like you can get such a great drivey sound from that bridge pickup. Uh, you know, it's articulate. It's, um, you know, cause punk in general, it's not a very, it's not a very distorted guitar sound. You know, it's not like a, you're not looking at a, a, like super heavy metal sound here. You're usually, it's just like a distorted clean sound and that, that you get that from a telly, you know, that's, that's perfect for that. If, if you ask me. Sure. Perfect. Yeah, Absolutely. Telecasters so, are the best. So uh, to answer the answer to this question is, of course, Baja Telecaster. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, that is it from us here on the regular podcast, but we will be continuing over on the Patreon episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast, where from as little as $1 a month, you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast. $1 a month gets you the regular episode ad-free and early, and $5 a month gets you an extra half an hour every week, plus access to bonus features and miniseries such as the Branton's Branton. $10 a month makes you one of our executive backers, granting you access to everything already mentioned, plus the prestigious honor of having your name read out in one breath by me. <clears throat> Are we ready? Oh, uh, we need a thing. We need a thing. We need a backing track. I should have yeah. busted out my drum machine. Oh, we should have. We should have got an eight oh eight going or something. Uh, that is true. Hold on. Wait. Missed out. Wait. No. Oh, he's I unzipping think, his trousers. Oh. <laughs> I think. I think my. It's got batteries in it. It has got batteries in it. Let's turn up the volume. Right. We need to find. We need to find a beat. We need to find something. Uh, Matt, give me a beat. Ah. Oh. Okay, ready?
Stephen John Reddy, Scott Hamilton, Ivor John Mayer, Marin Peters, Golden G. Richard III, Sean Arbo, Joshua Mitchell, Chris Wilford, John Ryan McDermott, Robert Cousins, Rob Crew, Nate Nagel, Tucker Hamilton, Ernie Cooper, Every Day Baker, Christoph Brexit, Zane Omar, Matt Roberts, Steve Lee, Derek Witzer, Martin Cliff, Matt Davis, Aaron Sherman, Blake Wyland, Jake Gray, Christopher Lotus, Juan Correa, Scott Kennedy, Robert Smith, Rob Nordwick, Rob Grant, Derek Rich, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Carlos Matos, Steve Michael, Blair Downs, Mark Cross, Brad Bain, Jamie Short, Adam McKenzie, Laurie Anstead, Paul Corrigan, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Phil Townsend, Moore, Gravett, Colin Anderson! <laughs> I like the pitch shift at the end there. <laughs> yes, it, it almost wasn't deliberate. <laughs> but there you have it. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Guitar Nerds or on YouTube at Guitar Nerds Videos. You can even visit our website, guitarnerds.net, where all of our various channels are displayed in all of their glory. And you can even purchase Guitar Nerds merchandise and become a true member of the club. That's it from us this week. We'll catch you next time for some more Guitar Nerdery. Farewell. Cheers, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.